Okay. So, you enter into the lair of the of the cult you've been chasing down. Okay. And as you look through I check for traps. Roll the d20. You don't see any traps. That's a d That's a d100, Ben. That's the, that's the like Yeah, the, we're playing Call of Cthulhu. That's the that, Oh the, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's a cult. Actually that but that, that was a 60 though, so I think I I think I did it. You don't see any traps. There's no traps, guys. As the chanting subsides, you see eldritch and horrifying emerging from the center of the I close my eyes, turn around, and run. A podcast. And it plays a theme song. I still run from the podcast. It's eldritch. It's, it's too late. I'm worried about my sanity score. No, you've awoken the podcast. This is kind of <laughs> this is kind of my character's thing. So, um, okay, actually, theme song though. Yeah, uh, yeah, theme song. Okay. <laughs> And welcome back to Draft the Universe. This is the Nerd Fight Battle Royal. This is the podcast where we pick a topic, pick our favorites, and then fight to the death, or maybe just for bragging rights. Season two. Jafer. Sorry, I'm just trying to sneak in. Season two. Season two. <laughs> go, sorry, go ahead. You're Jafer. I'm Jafer. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're here today to draft our favorite tabletop games. Oh, yeah. I'm stoked. Cool. I got maybe three. <laughs> My board game geek, like collection on their website is pushing 200 right now um that that includes expansions and stuff and a lot of those are sentinels promos yeah. admittedly yeah or x-wing ships each individual x-wing ship is one each attack wing ship is one so that all adds up you see the, but, the thing about being friends with you is that i don't have to buy board games yeah um, so my own collection is much smaller now that being said it does contain arkham horror a more or less complete copy of that game. Um, so it's it's still pretty big. Yeah. yeah. That one game is about six boxes to itself. I mean, yes, if, it if you find yourself at a loss for games, you just need to look around the bunker. There are plenty of options. Yeah. Most yeah. of them are played for blood, though. Oh, yes. Um, we do do that occasionally. I mean, there is the chess, chess boxing ring right behind you. Well, oh, yeah. chess boxing. But even, you've noticed, right, even, even the, like, the more... Uh, Let's call them vanilla games like Monopoly have weird stipulations in their rules. Well, it is a real canon. Have you seen Millennial Monopoly yet? Um, I don't know. This is a real thing. Yes, it is. Millennial Monopoly, yeah. where you don't buy land. You don't buy houses and <laughs> hotels because it says, face it, you're not going to anyways, right <laughs> on the box. <laughs> and I think you buy vacations. You, you buy experiences. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I actually would not mind owning a copy of Millennial Monopoly. Um, I haven't found it in a store, but it's part of a line they just released of all kinds of like millennial twists on classic board games. Um, like one is you have to figure out what happened at the party last night, but it's Clue. Okay. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Gotcha. Um, there's there's a whole series. Um, there's a new version of Life. 
was gonna say the game of life, except that like you have student loan debt and yeah. stuff. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. The new version of the Trump games, a little meta, <laughs> uh, but you know, I actually have a Trump card game. I've had it for years. It's called Billionaire, and it's a shitty version of Uno. Huh? Yeah. There's a reason we've never fucking played it. I mean, I've already played a shitty version of Uno. It's called Skipbo. Uh, <laughs> sorry if there's any people who love Skipbo. I would say maybe like one out of every eight ca- card games is just a crappy clone of Uno, mm-hmm. um, which is itself basically just a crappy version of Crazy Eights, which can be played with a regular deck yeah. of cards, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. by the way, um, Chris, I don't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago you brought up Pickleball. You just kind of offhandedly mentioned, you know, that's our podcast version of Pickleball. No, not Pickleball. <laughs> oh. It's called Kelvin Ball, I think. Oh, Kelvin, yes, Kelvin Ball. Ball. Oh, well, <laughs> I Pickleball miss- is also a thing. My uncle is uh, a, a Pickleball enthusiast. Yeah, my uncle broke his arm playing Pickleball like How? three days ago. And so it's funny because I thought you had said pickleball, so I googled pickleball and learned about it, and then he broke his arm. What is what? I've never heard of pickleball. What is it's pickleball? played on a badminton court, and it's like a weird combination of sports. It oh, made sense. With tell me, time tell time. me, tell me, you hit a pickle back and forth. No. There's no. He's a wiffle ball. Can you imagine wailing on a pickle with a tennis racket? It would be great. No, use a wiffle ball. It'd be great because you get like one good hit and the pickle would dice itself. <laughs> I mean, tennis rackets go fast. That's why you got to use Clausens. They're, uh, they're firmer pickles. Mm. They make it more volleys. Gotcha. Before you end up playing relish ball. Yeah, maybe throw in some. You know, if you're feeling like a more complete... Compact, that was for you, Ben. God damn it. <laughs> if you're feeling a more complete meal, throw in some Kogels. You know, just <laughs> you can dice those up, put them on some chili. Um, oh, now um, I want a pickle. Okay, but I'm excited. I love tabletop games. Me too. Uh, as all-purpose nerds, we've dabbled into many different areas: the card games, the collecting games. Yeah, uh, we've had multiple RPG campaigns. I have over the years. Yep more money than I want to think about spent in tiny little spaceships in this room. So many tiny little spaceships. (laughs) There's probably... And little army dudes. Four (laughs) figures worth of army dudes and plastic (laughs) ships. You have a son. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) There's a reason the plastic crack acquirement rate has slowed down. Oh, it's it's precipitously dropped off. Yeah. Have we ever completed um... A Dungeons and Dragons campaign. I've been in several completed campaigns, but not since college. Uh, we completed the pre-campaign for my one campaign. We did, uh, but that was my first DMing experience, and I went overboard. Uh, That's a kind of a shared. We so we we've all DMed, and I think that's a shared. Uh, capacity in all of our toolboxes um usually what happens is that we make it almost to the twist of Jafar's campaign because uh, there's always a big twist um there was no twist on my re- most recent campaign that itself was a twist no there was no <laughs> twist we just spent two two weeks doing nothing well okay you guys got through <laughs> so my last campaign the whole point was that i was ripping off movies Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel like would figure out the movie halfway through. I'd kind of like give you some hints and it'd become apparent halfway through. So you guys got through fantasy Jurassic park and then you got through fantasy, um, the Martian. 
uh, slash Gravity. It was kind of a combination of the two. And I was leading into Fantasy Die Hard. Which and I'm I so really sad. wanted to do Fantasy Die Hard. I had this villain set up um, where it was going to be Hans Gruber. But you, what you didn't know is you thought Hans Gruber was one dude. And then when you saw him, he was going to take the trench coat off. And it was actually going to be two gnomes stacked on top of each other. <laughs> and it was going to be one was named Hans and one was named Gruber nice. the entire time. I had this excellent Call of Cthulhu campaign plotted out that was based kind of roughly on Stranger Things, um, mm-hmm. where the 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 players were uh, teenagers, uh, kind of trying to track down otherworldly horrors. Uh, we never got around to the twist of that one, but the twist was that um, most of the in-game horrors were going to be like elder gods having taken control of like video game things so you guys were about to be chased around by like an actual grotesque monstrous pac-man through a maze (laughs) but we never got around to that i was really looking forward to it but it's never gonna happen that sounds that sounds like it would have been fun yeah and i guess i'll complete this yeah i had a i had a big campaign where they were caught in between two warring gods controlling nations, and there were a bunch of Surf Ninjas references. Yep. So many Surf Ninjas references. And uh, and Ben put uh, a window on a tower. That's yeah. true. Foolish. <laughs> yeah. There, there is now a thing called the Curly Corollary, <laughs> which is if you want your party to go in through the front door, don't add a window. <laughs> that said, it worked out pretty well for me because our wizard flew in alone and decided to get fucked up by a mimic before waiting for anybody else. So the party arrives inside the the yeah. tower to find a treasure chest and their wizard bleeding out on the ground. Yeah, that was more of a Dark Souls mimic kind of experience <laughs> than your standard D and D mimic experience. <laughs> it's like, oh, you found this lovely little shortcut. Awesome. Here's some treasure to reward you. Actually, no, no. Actually, <laughs> you're dead. All right. Well, um, we can keep talking about campaigns, or we can get drafting. Oh yeah, if we'd like. I'm excited. I've I've got too many options. I this is a I've yeah. said it before. This is a topic we could just do again without doing the 15. There's uh, been a couple of those and we've never done them again. <laughs> well, no, it'll be a while. <laughs> well, this we're in season 2 now, Chris. We can start. Okay. I'm looking forward Next topic cover songs. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm looking forward to when we just run out of ideas and then just retread the entire first season. I don't think that's going to happen because every time you're like, I don't know, we're kind of out of ideas, I add about ten more to the spreadsheet of ideas. potential ideas. Yeah. Wait, that spreadsheet isn't in kayfabe. <laughs> the audience doesn't know about our spreadsheet. <laughs> it is a spreadsheet of potential ideas so people don't get caught on the spot. It's that said, the last two episodes, I've just made them up on the spot because fuck you guys. And that's also not in kayfabe, but it's going to be really funny when we bleep out the words spreadsheet and kayfabe from this entire segment. Jafar, we both know you will never bleep out the word spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be even funnier when he does, though. <laughs> You're not wrong. Spreadsheet's just for me. <laughs> it's gonna sound. It's gonna sound much funnier now. Yeah. Actually, if if, yeah. if every time we say spreadsheet, I've got the it's just bleeped ready. out. Yeah, last well, I'm editing I had this episode, so <laughs> last time I had to bleep out Chris's social security number. So I mean, that happened. I'm I'm fairly certain I didn't give a real social security number, but thank you. <laughs> I, it's funnier for it to be bleeped. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, in case you did, I did go back and delete the audio underneath the bleep, oh, just so no one can dig through and what, get it. What number did I give? I, I'm, Do you remember? I, I think I remember, but I'm not going to say it now because I don't want to make more work for Ben. Mostly because I don't think he knows how to bleep things. I, 
I think I do. Okay, well, we'll work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, first pick goes to Chris. Yes. <clears throat> and what a smorgasbord to take from. I have 16 options. Okay. Right here. <laughs> Real quick. How does Templeton know what a smorgasbord is? I... Because they sing a whole song about how he should go to the fair because the fair is a smorgasbord. How does Templeton know what a smorgasbord is? Who the fuck is Templeton? From Charlotte's Web. Oh, dude. That, no. Nothing. Wait, wait a Sorry. second. Are you, are you... You're asking why talking animals know cultural references? Cultural references? I mean, I understand if they get, like, farm references, but when did they go into town and go to a smorgasbord? Smorgasbord is used in a lot more, like... Ben, that's the holdup on the suspension of disbelief. The talking animals are okay, but the smorgasbord, that's the line. Well, of course they can talk. She can. Charlotte can spell. They all speak English. Just when would he have run into a smorgasbord? I don't know. Maybe he read a book. Yeah, he had to learn how to spell somehow. I'll take it. Okay. And Chris will take... Call of Cthulhu. All right. Um... I know that this is probably uh, not a... Uh, Are you taking the pen and paper game? Yes, I'm taking the pen and paper game. Okay. Um, probably not a super popular uh, first pick, and I'm gonna I'm probably leaving one or two things that I might like to have out for somebody else, but um, if I'm being honest, Call of Cthulhu is my favorite uh, tabletop RPG. I don't get to play it enough. In fact, I've never played it. I've only run games for it, um, and the games that I have run have been real fun, uh, they've <laughs> varied wildly um, between Scooby-Doo type antics all the way to like visceral, like uh, like horror. Um, that's kind of my wheelhouse, really, is from Scooby-Doo all the way to uh, visceral horror, which is why the current Shaggy meme is just <laughs> you're all over it, I'm fucking loving it. And also, <laughs> the guy that played Shaggy, Matthew Lillard, um, yeah. is now producing. Um, uh, deluxe editions of D&D books. <laughs> it's just come full circle, yeah. Nice. Uh, Beetle and Bard, I think is the name of, uh, or something like that, or something like that. But yeah, th there's a, a deluxe edition. Basically, the way that they pitched it was like, you know how like, there's a Pearl Jam album, some people would listen to a single on the radio, some people would go out and buy the album, and then there's going to be that one person who buys the deluxe box set mm -hmm. um, with like the liner notes and the, you know, behind the scenes photos and stuff. Basically, he was like, let's do that, but for Dungeons & Dragons. And so him and a group of his buddies who have been playing D&D for 25 years or so, they went and pitched it to Wizards of the Coast. And Wizards of the Coast yeah, was it's like... Acquisitions, Inc. Yeah, I heard about this. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so now they, now they are doing these, like, really uh, super deluxe... Uh, like, they have a lot of really excellent tools for the DM to, like, basically, like, you get this card that you hang over the DM screen that has the picture of the monster on one side of it for the players to look at, and the monster's complete statistics on the other side. Oh, that's, oh, that's cool. sweet. Right? Yeah. Um, there's a ton of really awesome stuff, like props as well, and, like, little artifacts and, and handouts. Um, so, yeah, full circle. Um, Call of Cthulhu speaks to the weirdness uh, in me. Um it's a game that is kind of inherently meant to be lost, um, but to be lost in incredibly uh, funny ways. Um, uh, and it, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's what I like. All right. Yeah. Ben. Okay. Well, I d I've, we've made enough allusions to it already that it has to be the number one pick for me. 
I'm taking Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I was hoping it was going to get to me, but I had a feeling it wasn't going to. Yeah, so I'm taking Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, 3.0, which I believe I'm the only person to ever own a player's handbook for. No, no, uh, I played 3.0. Uh, 3.5, 3.75. Uh, you don't get 3.75. Uh, you don't get 3.75. That's I mean, I'll let you have four. No, no, no. You can take four. <laughs> you don't get 3.75 with it. Pathfinder is a separate game. Ah, okay. But then I get five, which is yeah, five which is, is fun. Five's a blast. I've really enjoyed um, the games of five I've been playing. Yeah, five was five was like a they five is <laughs> is yeah five is the main. Yeah, uh, they tried to like simplify the game down after the growing complexity of three five. And they kind of didn't get it right for four, and I think that they got it right in five. Yeah, I'm, I'm really a big fan of five. Uh, I've really enjoyed uh, the handful of games I've gotten to play, mm-hmm. and I look forward to the handful of games that are on the horizon. And I'm going to share a story that I think is another, wow, that's as Ben story as a Ben can get. Uh, I went out and really excitedly bought the 3.0 starter box included, you know, some character sheets, the player's handbook, a bunch of dice. And I went up to my friends who I knew played Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, hey, I bought all this stuff. Can I play with you guys? And they said no. I was not cool enough to play Dungeons and Dragons with the Dungeons and Dragons kids. Oh. Ugh. So before I got to college, I played one game of Dungeons and Dragons at home by myself. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, we might need to find a new co-host for this podcast. That is whew, depressing. Yeah. <sighs> mm, I, I'm i kind of uncomfortable I, right it's now. It's a miracle I turned out as well-adjusted as I am. I don't know if I believe this. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so Dungeons & Dragons is... The, is that's the game that you would play if you were already not cool enough for everybody else. That's what I thought. And how do you play Dungeons and Dragons by yourself? There was a uh, pre-written adventure that came in the player's uh, starting box, and so I just did. You play played. multiple characters? No, I just I played myself going through this beginner dungeon, and then I just read all of the the rules and stats a bunch of times, then put it away, and then I didn't bring that book out again until we got to college. And you invited me to play a game, and I showed up with the 3.0 handbook, and you were like, no, it's 3.5. And you're like, this doesn't work. Oh, you weren't even cool enough when somebody invited you. Nope. I showed up again, and it's like, you've got the wrong nerd book. 3.0 and 3.5, there's a reason that they had to go to 3.5. 3.0 has got issues. So, yeah. enough issues where they decided to just say, fuck it, midstream. The, f- the funny thing about Dungeons & Dragons is that, like, it's, like, the central, like, premise of, of how they improve each edition, right, is to, like, try and streamline it out of the labyrinthine, draconic intricacies of the previous versions. Um, I mean, partially... Partially. I mean, AD&D is the apex of that, and that was 2nd yeah. edition. But, but it, like, it started off as something like, like, Dungeons & Dragons was the original Dwarf Fortress. The learning curve of Dungeons & Dragons was part of its appeal at the start. And so it's interesting that they're coming. I mean, I understand it. And I love that nerd culture has mass, you know, pr- mass proliferated. 
uh, uh, what did what did Ben from uh, Parks and Rec say? Uh, like nerd nerd culture is in the zeitgeist, so you're the one who's kind of out of step now or something like that. But that yeah. sounds like yeah. him. Yeah. Um, oh man. Does anybody have the cones of Dunshire on their list? <laughs> I no. didn't. <laughs> no, I'm, I've never been able to play the cones of Dunshire, unfortunately. All right. But a game I have been able to play, and I played a great deal of, and I went to many events for this game, and I played it competitively for a number of years, and I haven't touched it in a long time, but I do play it online still occasionally, is Magic My the Gathering. Opponent. I was hoping that that one would make it back to me. But I'm kind of glad because now I don't have to feel itchy all week about going and buying packs. I still watch box opening videos, <laughs> and I sold my collection three years ago now. Four? Do you remember you and I pooled our money and just bought one entire box while we were working away in uh, Traverse City one year? Yeah, yeah. We just <laughs> we bought two boxes and we went halvesies on the boxes. <laughs> oh. We each bought a box. We bought. Um, the Ravnica and Gate Crash, the second Ravnica set, which is they're on their third Ravnica set. Block so right a, now. a box is not a deck. No, but I really want to try Keyforge, where a box is a deck. <laughs> I um, how much? How many cards are in a box? Forty-five. I was gifted. Uh, okay. Wait, no, for Magic the Gathering. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking. I said Keyforge. Yeah, I know. I'm talking. Sorry, else. Ben was talking about Magic the Gathering. How many? How many cards are in a box? Um, 36 packs of 15. Yeah, so depending oh, okay, on your edition. So, yeah. all right. You know you know that the, the boxes that the booster packs are sold out of? Yes. Um, nerds go go real crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 buy the box. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah. As someone who's purchased a half of a case before, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It happens. Uh, no, that's not was, even that bad. I was gifted uh, a, a Keyforge deck. Were you? Yes. Uh, I've been waiting for... Uh, I can't find any. I want to buy some to play. <laughs> yeah. I, so I don't even I don't even know how to play it yet, but we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. I watched some videos online. It looks sweet. Um, Keyforge is super cool because each deck is... It's like each box you buy, you don't buy booster packs. It's non-collectible like that. Mm -hmm. You just buy the deck. And each deck is unique. You can't mix and match out of decks. Okay. So the deck you get is the deck you get. Okay. And you can buy multiple decks, but they're all supposed to be pretty competitive with each other. There's, like, the card randomization and stuff works out pretty well. Um, and there's n enough variation to be interesting, but not enough where you've got certain cards that are just playing better than others. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I really have been... I literally call... Three hobby shops on my way home at least two days a week for the last month I've been calling to oh, try shit. and get some Keyforge. I, oh, I had no idea it was that exclusive. I'm going to have to, like, I have to send the person. Did you get the small box or a big box? Small box. Okay, that's just a deck then. Yes. There's also a big box that has two, like, learn how to play decks okay. and then two random decks. Okay, interesting. All right, your next pick, Wait, wait are the decks random? The decks are random. So you don't know which one you get? No. When you buy it? No, you don't know which one you get when you buy it. Oh, that is really interesting. Yeah. Oh, cool. And there's like six different... We'll get into it later. Um, okay, next pick, chess. Yeah? Yeah. Just chess? Well, boxing isn't played on a board. Uh, yeah, it's a giant board in the middle of an arena. Uh, I guess maybe a boxing ring would count as a table. I kind of I wanted both. 
I wanted normal nope. chess and chess boxing. Nope. So was, that is no, the no, you just got every no, and fuck you, you just got every edition of Dungeons and Dragons. I get chess and chess boxing. I don't think so, Chris. You're the tiebreaker here. I think it's chess and chess boxing. It's just, ah. it's just more interesting that way. Yeah. Okay. Also, are either of us going to take chess boxing? I was considering it ever since I made the. You the are hate drafting joke. so often lately. Ben, I know so much. It, hate. Is, it has become my new strategy. You're ever since you got that banana bucket hat. I know it is my character arc for season two: the banana bucket hat and evil. Listen, you're not a Sami Zayn gimmick. It worked great for him, but that's not you. We're going to come around to some music-related draft uh, in the future, and Ben is going to straight up steal Joe Cocker from me. And right now, I'm feeling upset about it. I'm already, already feeling upset. Ben about is somehow, it. somehow get I the get first two first picks. two picks: Joe Cocker, David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. And that's the day that we killed Ben. Yeah. It's sad, but everyone understood. Speaking of which, your pick. Okay. Well, I'm not going to lie. Uh, both of those were on my list. Uh, but I'm going to go with, for me and my family, the game that established my love of tabletop games and my family's refusal to play them with me. Life? No. Risk. Yeah. Risk is like the Super Smash Brothers of the tabletop game world. It is like... <laughs> the hardcore audience, but also widespread audience. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you can't... If you, if, you, if you are like a casual player of Risk, you can't play with somebody who is a very competitive player of Risk. Well, I didn't know I was a very competitive player of Risk until my eighth birthday... When I got it, uh, and I noticed on the box it said 10 and up, and I was like, ho ho, forbidden game. Uh, <laughs> and then I demanded. <laughs> I <laughs> this episode is just going to be so many like little nuggets of, of Ben. That is, that is the most Ben thing this episode. And then Two I, years older, forbidden game. Ooh. I demanded my family pay, play with me, and then they were, you know, probably in hindsight, disinterestedly playing a board game with an eight-year-old, but in my head, I just crushed them because I was better. Uh, they probably were barely paying attention, but I still felt great that I won this game I wasn't old enough to play yet. <laughs> and then in middle school, I joined the Geography Club because the Geography Club was actually the sit in the social studies room and play Risk because it's got a map. Fair enough. There's there's not exactly a lot of like new developments in geography. No, but also like all of this it was a very old version of Risk. So even as outdated as a lot of the references are, they were real outdated. Uh, yeah. This has Constantinople. It was the old one where you didn't have armies and cannons and horses. Istanbul? Uh, it had Byzantium. But it was the one that you were moving around little Roman numerals. Yep. And that was your armies. That's what I learned to play on. See Ben I would have pictured you as a Stratego guy. I I've oh, I I, I need to place. I have a really cool copy of Stratego. I I never I have I actually haven't played it. The 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 copy I have. Oh, we should fix that. Yeah, Blumke introduced me to Stratego, surprising no one. Um, but I love I love Risk. I love. <laughs> Hold on a second though, because 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 I think yeah, that's a college roommate of mine. College roommate of yours. Um, I think that there's. A, <laughs> You're thinking Blumkin, and a, a Blumkin is a very different thing, Chris. I'm just, this is Diddle Kong all over again. You said it. 
You're the one laughing. Both times you've you have said them. I have not. But also, there are a lot of really fun versions of Risk. Twenty two ten. Godstorm is super fun. Godstorm's so fun. I got trapped into a, a game of Godstorm where me and two of my roommates were playing, and we ended up somehow perfectly balanced. That anytime anybody pushed one direction, uh, the other two would push back, and it just became a. 20 term Cold War stalemate until we were just like, I guess this is just the world now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was there, there, I think it went, around, yeah. it went around the internet a while back, the game of Civ uh, that had developed into like a 200 year, like atomically, it was like the entire world had been nuked several times over and it was just this interminable stalemate between two AI computers. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I love Risk. Really glad I got to take it. Yep, I have a copy of Metal Gear Solid Risk we haven't played yet. That's because ever between every move, there's a 20-minute cutscene that is just completely unintelligible. Yeah, you roll the dice. Dun-dun. Mm-hmm. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And then... Exclamation point. Exclamation. And then halfway through, you start playing as a different blonde character that nobody cares about. And then in the fourth turn, you find out you're not actually the character you thought you were. Okay, joke's done. Yep, ran its course. Chris, your pick. I like Metal Gear Solid a lot. And it was recently um, murdered brutally in front of my eyes. Um, and, yeah. And I don't know how to feel about Ben making jokes about it. On one Maybe hand, too soon. On one hand... This is Survivor that bad? Uh, to be honest with you, Ben... Having a game getting murdered by a spin-off in its own timeline, that's fine. That happens, right? Metal Gear Solid was murdered by the fifth mainline entry. And that was the entry where the mechanics of the game were probably the most finely polished that they'd ever been. They were good for so, the first time. So it hurt more than anything else. Hurt a lot. <clears throat> Death Stranding, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Right, Death Stranding. Man, I am... Oh. This is when you find out if Kojima was actually a genius that was being held back, or he was just so nuts that he was actually, like, holding it back. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> when he's finally unleashed upon the world to do whatever he wants. We'll find out soon enough. Chris, your pick. Um... There's a lot of a lot of it's it's tough. There's a lot of games, isn't there? Yeah, there are. There are very many games. Um, I'm gonna go with one that I mentioned earlier. Um, this one has a special place in my heart because it was kind of the first real uh, capital B board game that I played, and by capital B I mean like everybody played Monopoly or mm -hmm. played Life, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the board game movement. Uh, didn't start in earnest until games like um, uh, Arkham Horror came out. Um, and Arkham Horror is the first game that I can remember playing that was mechanically uh, intricate with a lot of pieces and tokens. Uh, very high production value as well. This was not like a flimsy little cardboard uh, you know, board with, with like cheap plastic pieces. Um, you got the nice like fiber cloth kind of uh, cutouts, and mm -hmm. um, it's a fantastic game. It's not a perfect game. 
they got it much better the second time they tried to make it in Eldritch Horror. Yeah. Um, but Eldritch I think, but they did lose a little bit of the character of Arkham Horror, as well as, like, the... I mean, part of what made Arkham Horror Arkham Horror is the rules were difficult to decipher <laughs> yeah. and you never were really 100% sure you were playing the game right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's lovely, and you needed to have an extra large table to play this game, <laughs> and it took uh, maybe 40 minutes to set up. It took another, depending on the rules, right? Because if you played it one way, it took an enormously longer amount of time. But it took anywhere between two to six hours to complete. Um, that's not the longest board game. Um, there are games, maybe some of which will come up later in this draft, that take a lot longer. Oh, yeah. But, but Arkham Horror was... One of the few games that could make that amount of time pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. So Arkham Horror, uh, also keeping in line with my first pick. So, I believe okay. Eldritch Horror was the first board game I played in my house. Yeah. No, we were moving you in. Yep. And we played that night. Yeah. It was a good time. All right. And I hit my head on your kitchen lamp. Like, like a bunch of times. Four times. And then the next time I came over was with a carabiner to hang it up <laughs> a couple rings higher. Yep. And that is where it has stayed. Yep. We really should just get rid of that. (laughs) The lamp? The lamp. No. The lamp's fine. But the table is in a better position now. Yes. That was the issue originally. All right, Chris, you got a second pick. Um, second pick. Well, it's your third pick, but yes. Yeah, third pick. Um, all right, so for my, uh, uh, for my third pick overall... Um, okay, yeah, I've got something. Um, do you know what every, uh, every board game could do with a little bit more of? What's that? Drama? Um. Comedy? No, um, perhaps... A random chance? Perhaps a murder basement. A murder basement? Yeah. A murder basement. Okay. So games need more murder basements? Yes, but you want to you want to put more murder basements in games. But let me let me just spin this let me spin this for for a second. Murder basements are really only one form of murder room. Um, there is in fact a vast ecology of murder spaces. Um, you can murder people outside, for instance. Don't know yeah. if you're aware of that. Yeah. Um, uh, attic very difficult to murder people there, but you can definitely hide them after you murder them. That can kind of make it a murder place. Depends on the attic, yeah. Depends on the attic. If you have a lot of space in that attic, yeah, um, go to town. Yeah, go to town. Uh, you know, kind of staple them up into the insulation. It's gonna be great. Um, murder kitchens that happens all the time, right? Because that's where the knives are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you got a foyer, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Maybe uh, a murder study. I know there's an observatory. Yeah, yeah. And all of these places have plenty of murder instruments. Um, you know, candlesticks, ropes, yeah. uh, red uh, pipes. So, Chris, what I'm gathering is you'd like to play a game. I'm going to take, yeah, I'm going to take Saw the board game. Oh, <laughs> Chris, Chris, I, I feel like I know what you're going to take. It's like on the tip of my tongue. I just need a hint or maybe, maybe, uh, I'm really hoping he's going to change it up here and do, do a different version of the game. Uh, <laughs> Hold on, I don't know. I don't know exactly how many versions of the game there are. Well, so. I'm, I'm just saying there's, there is, there are two ways of saying it, and one of them I think would be the better option. There's Harry Potter clue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's I have Simpsons clue. There is Golden Girls. Clue. I also have Simpsons clue. <laughs> huh. 
A Simpsons clue. That's what I had growing up. Star Wars clue? Oh, I'm sure. There's all kinds of clues. <laughs> are we, no, what I was going with are is... We, are, yeah, are we just going to like dump on my setup there, guys? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I but I, what I was going I for, sure. was I, I didn't get it. <laughs> the British, the British call the game Cluedo. Wait, okay. Really? Yes. Oh, five Five Nights at Freddy's. That's that's topical and hip with the young, the young folk. Yep. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of variations of Clue. Ooh, supernatural Clue. Like the TV show? Yeah. It's a, ga- it's a game where you get trapped and you have to play 300 turns and you never get <laughs> let out of your contract. <laughs> Jared, no. <laughs> um, I'm going to take... You get them all. Yeah, you get all of them. Yeah, I'm going to take all of them. I have so many clues now. <laughs> yeah, you got all the clues. All well, right. That's really exciting. Ben. Good pick. That was on my list. Okay. So... We've got a really a lot of really long games on you know that we've picked so far, uh, and I've got to admit I really I, I have a penchant for the all day game, uh, the game where you play it you know sometimes for a full weekend, where you're you have to prep before you you start you know you go shopping you get snacks you get sodas you get you know uh, several boxes of pizza bagels so that. You can commit to playing this game all day. Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said for the quick, casual, throw the you know throw this together, everybody can have fun for 45 minutes until we move on to the next thing. And so I'm going to go with one of those. I'm going to go with a game that... It had a huge moment... Uh, about six or seven years ago, and it's still around, it's still uh, popular, but for a while there, it was the tabletop game. I'm going with Cards Against Humanity. Interesting. I mean, we'll look past the fact that, like, that game is almost exclusively played, like, around, like, couches and, like, it's it's, yeah, it, it's it, it can be played anywhere, but I mean it's yeah it's yeah it's it's, it's fine it's a definitely Cards definitely Against Humanity is like one of my favorite games, um, for the sole purpose that nobody ever really remembers to de- to declare a winner in it, and the whole purpose of the game is to like laugh a bunch with your friends, um, so it's kind of like this podcast. And I mean no. I. Uh, Right before my wedding, broke. I had a friend break out a copy of Cards Against Humanity because we were all ready to go, but it was going to be an hour and a half before the the wedding started. So we just played that to kill time so that I didn't have to fixate on the fact that, oh my god, I'm getting married in, you know, an hour. Mm-hmm. And so I just got to laugh with my, my groomsmen, and we got to hang out and, you know, try and make each other laugh in the most inappropriate ways possible. And so it has a special place in my heart. That's adorable. It's a fun story. Um, A game that has a special place in my heart and a lot of frustration in my siblings, (laughs) uh, most assuredly, although I'm sure she would say the exact same thing, is Connect Four. Ah. Um, I fucking love Connect Four. It's simple, 
but devious, and it is a real... It's so simple that it has layers in its simplest... Like, let me, let me get what, what I'm trying to say here. Maybe I can figure it out. Um, it is deceptively simple. It is, you understand the rules, and you understand the basic strategy because of that. And because of that, when you play Connect 4, you're rarely playing against the board or your opponent's next move. You're trying to play two or three moves ahead. And it is a very good game for learning strategy and people and trying to read movement, like figure out where people are going to go with stuff. Um, I really enjoy it for all of that. Mm -hmm. um, I like... And so, uh, Quattro, which is its more advanced counterpart. Yeah. Um, so there's a, like there's kind of a there's a I, I would say the the clear line of, of uh, division in board games is whether or not chance is involved at all, right? Mm. Um, I think that's kind of what separates a game of uh, a game of skill from a game of luck. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean. The whole purpose of like building a good board game is kind of abstracting on that, building layers so that like the player doesn't sense that there's like ultimately, uh, you know, for instance, if it's if it is one of those games of chance where they're rolling dice or drawing a card or something like that, mm -hmm. they don't they don't sense so much that it's really just all up to that. There's also a level a level of their own strategy and how they they do things. Then there's on the other side of it, <coughs> games that are exclusively. Um, uh, exclusively based on your own ability to play. And these games aren't always fun to play, um, but they are fascinating in that when it is something as simple as, like, uh, Connect Four, or just to, like, take one step back, Tic-Tac-Toe, mm -hmm. um, like, if you have a good enough knowledge of the game, uh, you literally don't have any um, choice in where you're placing things past the first two moves. Like, you're, you're basically your entire strategy is built up on uh, reacting perfectly to your opponent's moves. Mm -hmm. And so your prescient vision of the future um, oh God. merely is crystallized uh, by... Hold on, I think I'm... Oh, you still, have a, you still have a pick left. I do. I do still have a pick left, Chris. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Jafar. And then Ben's got a pick, and then you get to go. You're still a ways away. Yeah. I know what I did. Yeah, I know you know. Go back to the desert with the Fremen. So on the opposite side of Connect Four, which is a very fast-paced game where you play many rounds of it back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, where the rounds besides uh, you're reading into your opponent's strategy really don't have any effect on the other round, on the other end of that spectrum exactly is my next pick, which is Pandemic Legacy. Oh, yep. Um, where every choice you make has a potential to affect the board in all future games. Yeah. The whole legacy um, board game thing... The, the subgenre of legacy games. Yeah. Is, with um, Seafall, Risk Legacy, both Pandemic Legacies, and yeah. Gloomhaven, which is just blowing up right now. Yeah. Well, it's also, along with Legacies, it's Pandemic, which is uh, a fun, Fantastic interesting... game, yeah. Uh, well, it's... And an interesting, I think, recent development in that it's players versus the board. Uh, that is a, a, a relatively new turn in uh, Arkham tabletop. Yeah, but I mean, Arkham's not that old of a game. Was it twenty years? No. Oh fuck! 
No, it's, no, it's, it's not like, twenty years, but it is. It it's is maybe fifteen. It is fifteen. Yeah. But Fuck. still, for for the <laughs> damn it, you know, thousands of years people have been playing tabletop games. I played that games. game when I was young. <laughs> I played it in high school. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no! Um, the, but the, the t- game, the yeah. players versus the board, is something that has evolved. Into a more complicated form, definitely, but it's also something that's been around a long time. I, yeah, because I would argue that where this game starts really is an ageless game. Um, we know it by uh, by the name Jumanji, but I'm certain that it has a much older, uh, much older, much stranger name uh, originally. Um, but yeah, all right, Ben. In the forest, you must wait until the dice read. Five or eight. Five or eight? I thought it was four or eight. Three yeah, or eight. Something like that. I guess it could it could be the rhyming scheme. It could be any of those. I'm, I'm 99% sure it's five or eight. Okay. Cool. Also, man, the new Jumanji was solid. I had the Jumanji board game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried really hard. Like They made it like perfectly recreate the, the board. Problem is, that board is clearly designed by a prop guy and not a board game designer. Yeah. The paths are not all the same length. So if you play yeah. the right char- character, you just win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which was fun for me, less fun for all my friends. They did do a pretty cool job with the... Um, didn't they have like um, the, the center part of the game where the messages would appear? Yeah, it was... Uh, the cards weren't readable until you slid them in there. Yeah, that was pretty uh, cool. Okay. All right, Ben. This is this is tough. There are a lot of absolutely amazing games, including Jumanji, Ben. Including Jumanji. You can take Jumanji. <laughs> I can take Jumanji. Um, I wish I know what Dune board game you're about to pick. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, just fucking Google it. That's what I did. No, that's okay. I certainly haven't played it. <laughs> Dune Monopoly. <laughs> no, you've already gotten uh, Dune Clue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Fucking, uh, we have to take a, a short break to, to to focus on some Dune news that came through today. We've already done enough Dune. No, okay, we fine. haven't. We haven't done any Dune. I barely made a mention of Dune. Um, Oscar Isaac has uh, been confirmed as Duke Leto Atreides for the Dune film. I am so fucking hyped. Like, Oscar Isaac is one of my, if not my, favorite actor. He's fucking phenomenal. His like pedigree with sci-fi films is now going to be unquestionable. I've told you to watch Inside Lewin Davis, right? Yes. Okay. Um, but fuck, man, I'm so excited for that. Um, I, I really hope it's good. But part of me is just like, what if all of this is going for it and it's still bad? Like it is the un- like it is unfilmable. Mm. They're making it as a two-part, um, and I hope that they continue to make films after it because fuck would I love to see uh, Sex Nuns of Dune I mean, <laughs> on the fucking IMAX. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? They made a Tristram Shandy movie, so, I mean, they can do anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to go with uh, a, a game that I personally I love. I know there are a lot of games that are classics that, you know, true board game geeks will be like, how could you not have, you know, picked this by now? And it's, well, because there's stuff I personally like more. 
So I'm going to go with a game that I absolutely love, that uh, I wish I got to play, get to play more, but it fit, fills several, you know, it ticks several boxes for me. I'm going to go with X-Wing. Yeah, we need to play X-Wing. I love X-Wing. We need to play X-Wing on my TV table with a moving asteroid field. I love X-Wing. I also love the Star Trek version Attack Wing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I I love mini tabletop gaming, but X-Wing is the most accessible version of it, and yeah. I believe the, the cleanest version of it. Uh, I, I really love Star Trek Attack Wing, but it is clearly trying to be X-Wing and not as good at it. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. Which you do know, love the game, though. Yeah, I, I still I've played a lot of both of them, and I wish I get to play would get to play more. We should set up a but night for that. Unlike other mini games, where it's you know, forty five minutes setting up all the the terrain on the board, you know, mm-hmm. uh, tens and twenties of hours painting all your little guys. These things all come painted. They all come ready to go. You set up five ships and you go. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> So who's next? You. And you've got two. I've got two. I'm currently looking at a list of uh, fictional board games. Oh, cheesy Pete's. Do you know how many of these come from not just The Simpsons, but exclusively from Simpsons episodes from the Treehouse of Horror series? I mean, I know they have Mrs. Kerbopoly. <laughs> you've got, like, M- Monopolyopoly, which was a game where every square is a different version of Monopoly. <laughs> there's 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 so many good ones to choose from. Um, there are also some real ones that y- you could pick. Oh no, I'm, I'm even talking about real ones. The the fictional ones have been reminding me of real games too. Um, if you need a minute to think, I can just tell a story to kill some time. <laughs> we also just don't have to. You can I, just take a minute to think. I know, but I re- I want to have the story be in there. <laughs> Okay. Tell my story? Yeah, tell your story. So, I believe it was the board game Dominion uh, that mm-hmm. uh, ex- established in me a, a deep-seated need to make sure we read the rules. Do you remember <laughs> this, Jafar? Um, no. Uh, do you remember the time we played uh, Dominion and we misread the rules where we thought instead of uh, first to, to win out of 100 points... We thought it was first to a hundred points. That was ascension. That was ascension. Many. Okay. Yes. Uh, so instead of hey, there are a hundred possible points, and then you divide them up, and then when they're all gone, whoever has the most is the winner. We tried to play first to a hundred, and the game like breaks. Yeah. Uh, yeah it becomes over. completely unplayable, <laughs> and it, we ran out of tokens, and we're just like, this game is n- is supposed to be working, and. <laughs> A 45-minute game ended up taking three hours. <laughs> and we learned a very valuable lesson that day. Okay, Chris. So I'm going to take something that we've kind of featured on a couple of episodes uh, without explicitly mentioning it. Um, we have before, um, in, on this podcast, expressed a certain fascination with and preference for um, Rube Goldberg machines. As we have, yes. Yes. Ah, yep. Uh, mm, yep. And uh, there is a game where that fascination started for all of us as children. A game where 
uh, as, <laughs> as you put it, as you, as you roll the dice and and uh, and proceed, you build your own Rube Goldberg machine uh, in a very set and prescribed fashion, of course. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think that 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 board game uh, inspired many people. Um, it, I think that it probably inspired a lot of people who went on to do things kind of like Jigsaw from the Saw films. Um, like, that's the first step, right? First step <laughs> is... Yeah, that's fair. ...is really complicated, you know, systems of levers and pulleys in your board games. Uh, second step... Is fighting is, off uh, robbers. Fighting off robbers. Third step is uh, killing people in intricate yeah. ways for fun. Yep. Um, so I'm going to take the board game Mousetrap. I have a personal theory about the game Mousetrap. I don't believe anyone has ever actually played a game of Mousetrap because I do not believe there is a, is a game of Mousetrap that has all of the pieces in there. Okay. Uh, every time I have ever attempted to, there has been enough pieces missing that it became clear that this game is now unplayable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it possible that it's kind of a Berenstein, Berenstein kind of situation? I mean, it's possible. Maybe everybody remembers playing Mousetrap, but really no complete version of the game was ever circulated. I, I mean, I personally <laughs> believe a lot of people wanted to play Mousetrap, yeah. and I believe we've all seen the commercials. Yep. Cool. But that all is right. my own personal life fan theory. And for my last pick... I mean, you, uh... We can put that in in post, Ben. I can't. It's hard, it's hard to deal with those kinds of sounds in the recording. Um... You left it out for me. I called my shot, and then nobody took it. Which really probably was for the better. Um, yeah. Because nobody's going to appreciate it and love it the way that I'm going to. Um, don't anticipate I'll be able to find a copy of this game to play, because it seems like it's pretty rare. Uh, Chris, do you need to anticipate? Shouldn't you just know? Yeah, I feel like you're lacking some prescient vision right now, Chris. <laughs> Maybe you got uh, n- uh, none sexed out of him. Maybe maybe uh, your uh, dinner was a little bland, needed some more spice. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> I'm about tapped, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> maybe you're wearing a movement suit. And um, movement suit? Because it's not still enough. <laughs> Ben's attacks, or Ben's puns are uh, slow on attack and uh, quick on defense here. So <laughs> Maybe uh, you're riding next to a motorcycle in sidecar formation. <laughs> See, he, here's here's the thing, though. Okay, you two just laughed at. Well, so Ben made that pun, and you laughed at it, and that pun doesn't land for people who don't know shit about Dune, because because you might know Sandworms, you might know Freeman. In fact, if you've been listening to this podcast, you might have a passing knowledge of most of Dune by now, um, but you probably don't know about the Sardaukar. Yeah, and the Sardaukar formation. <laughs> In which the three of them uh, fight back to back. To back. Yeah, it's to back, back to back to back. Um, and, and we would recreate it on the Chippewa River in Mount Pleasant when we were tubing down it in the days of our youth while we, while we went to college at Central Michigan University. Okay. Just, Chris, just because no. you turned 30, the days of our youth is not something you can just refer to now, okay? <laughs> but Chris, this is also important. Uh, listening to the audiobook, it's pronounced Fremen. That's an that's an artistic choice. Nope. I, I am now I'm now pedanting you about Dune. Are you listening to the audiobook of Dune? 
<laughs> you caught him. You're listening to the... Maybe? I'm taking doing the board game. Um, and I'm just so happy right now. I might be writing a, a bi-week test for you about Dune. It's called the quiz. Oxhotorock. <laughs> oh, Ben. <laughs> if I failed, do I get to feel your gum jabar? <laughs> no, but you get to bite into the poison pill in your tooth. He's actually listening. He's, that's the thing from Dune. Jafar. That's Dr. Yui. He has imperial conditioning, but it's broken because they have his wife, and so he can kind of go against it, and it's denoted by the diamond tattoo on his forehead. That's how they never see it coming, is because he's essentially like a robot who can never betray people, but they they find the leverage and they break him. But he kind of gets his... Uh, well, he, he puts the tooth into Duke Leto's head. Yep. Okay. And then he bites it, and it releases a bunch of gas that kills everybody. Well, almost kills the Baron Harkonnen. Yeah, but it kills everybody else in the room. It, yeah, it kills everybody else in the room. Did you watch the sci-fi series, maybe? No. You're actually listening to this. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to fucking around, we don't fuck around. It's true. I have to, I'm going to have to actually read Dune again. <laughs> I've, to be clear, I've read it a lot. <laughs> I, I, part of me didn't want to tell you I was doing this so I could just start like surprising you with pop quiz questions. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> What's the name of the planetary ecologist for, for Arrakis, Ben? I'm not ready yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, why don't we save that for a bye week? Uh, ben, you got to pick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Got to follow up Dune the board game. Uh, this is really tough. I, I have a list that is almost 20 games long. Uh, there is a lot of stuff on here that I really, really love. Uh, mm. Some of the stuff I'm going to be okay with because I've already referenced it or picked it. Uh, so I'm going to just... You got a pile of honorable mentions. I've got a pile of honorable mentions. I've got stuff I've already made jokes about or picked, but known I can't really make jokes about. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to go with a game that uh, is really, really fun. It is interesting take on a card game, and my wife would kill me if I didn't take it. So I'm taking Smash Up. All right. Smash Up is a very fun uh competitive card game where you get uh, decks of different uh, uh, groups or races or species and you form them together and then you compete against each other so you might be playing ninja dinosaurs or uh, steampunk Star Trek characters or uh, flower bear cavalry and it just gets fun and silly and I love it a lot and my wife has never lost a game of it. It's true. I've lost a bunch to her. All right. Last pick. Mm, I got a couple. Um, I was thinking about maybe taking Jenga in honor of our friend Jordan. But I think I'm going to leave that one on the table. <laughs> so it can fall over. Yeah, so it can fall over. That was, that was the joke. It was a good one. Um, Not anymore? Nope. 
I think I'm going to take the game uh, that is responsible for an entire genre of board games as they currently exist. Um, it is a game that I played a whole lot in college. Um, I've played it at family gatherings. Um, it's made its way around the table with drinks or with food. It's a great game uh, for just about any scenario as long as you have no more than four people. And that's the Settlers of Catan. All right. Okay. That is one that every every round I consider taking, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's a great game. Uh, I'm just going to rattle off honorable mentions uh, in an attempt at brevity. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's us. Um, the Resistance, Ultimate One Night Werewolf, Spycraft 2.0... Sentinels of the Multiverse, Codenames, oh, yeah. Twilight Struggle, uh, Star Wars Rebellion, Dominion, all Twilight fantastic Imperium. game. Somebody has, Twilight Imperium. <laughs> somebody is a frequent uh, visitor to BoardGameGeeks.com. Yep. I uh, am, yes. That basically reads like their top ten list. And yeah. it reads like my board game shelf. Yeah. Yeah. And one game I wanted to pick, but uh, Chris had already taken the Inferior God Emperor, so uh, I didn't take Fort Warhammer 40k. Uh, where the true god emperor of mankind is is located. Just, just wait, Ben. You, 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 you're two, you're three books away, I think, from him, but he's coming. I mean, does he have a kick-ass golden throne? Uh, if by throne you mean sandworm body. Yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Axis and allies. Uh, <laughs> he is not, he's not a, he's not a monster from Tremors. Uh, yeah, uh, his god emperor isn't afraid of Kevin Bacon. Yep, and he didn't kill Pat Morita. I mean, it's Duncan Idaho, I think, who ends up. No, no, it's not Duncan. It's. You mean Donut Montana? There's a ton of Duncan Idahos, but I can't remember who actually kills. Um, the important thing is that he knows about it. Uh, Axis and Allies, which is a game that I have spent literal weeks playing, uh, and. Mm -hmm. Is, is just absolutely great it's, if you love minutia-based uh, tactical tabletop games. Mm -hmm. uh, checkers, uh, everybody's basically first strategy game. Uh, mm -hmm. Munchkin. Munchkin is a lot Which of fun. is great. And then uh, another game like Monopoly where there is definitely a version for you, uh, no matter what you like, Flux. Oh, yeah, Flux is fun. Gloom is a, 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 I'm a big fan of it, although it's not a game that you can play with just anybody. Um, I think that, like, perhaps if we played it, it'd be pretty fun. Um, it might even make for a good, like, episode of a podcast at some point. I mean, Gloom would work a uh, similar vein, Once Upon a Time, yeah. uh, another storytelling game. Yeah, storytelling games are kind of interesting because you can't play them with people who, like, super love mechanics uh, in board games. You, you kind of have to play them with people who really love, like, improvising and storytelling. Yeah. Um, uh, but of course, uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots, uh, <laughs> Hungry Hungry Hippos. Oh yeah! yeah. Don't wake Daddy. Um, mm -hmm. Don't break grape the ice. Escape. Don't break the ice. Yeah, Grape Escape. Yeah, that's yeah. the one where you have the the Play-Doh grapes. Oh yeah, the Play-Doh grapes. <laughs> yeah, man. Mm -hmm. There was a golden age of gimmick-based gaming. Uh, oh when, yeah. when we were kids. <laughs> Truth. Uh, Blue Max is a fun uh, fighter plane game. Uh, World War One Aces. Uh, all kinds of stuff. There, there are just so many great board games. And then I'm just going to finish this off. I th is this? Are you guys all both done with honorable mentions? Yeah. Because this one, like, it's probably 
would fit into a different draft, poker. Yeah, I thought about taking poker. But I, I, feel I figured we'd do card games, card games at some point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, magic, I wasn't going to leave on the table, but... Oh, shit. Do, do you get Magic the Gathering and, like, Chris Angel magic? I hope so, shit. Mind freak! Mind freak. Okay, that's the rule. You can you can take magic, but you gotta freak our beans. But you gotta you gotta mind freak us. <laughs> oh God! Okay, <laughs> let's see what I can do, and we'll see what we can do with our draft picks next week when we go to the debate. I'm getting so close. I'm about to do it, guys. Yeah, you about to do it? If I had a nickel. Thanks, as always, to the Kickstand <laughs> Band for providing us our wonderful theme song, How It Feels. You can get their music at the kickstandband.bandcap.com. And uh, drop us a line at drafttheuniverse at gmail.com. Let us know if you uh, liked our picks, if you hate our picks. Uh, let us know if we can uh, change the order on you like this and it doesn't blow your brains up. Um, <laughs> like it does ours right now. <laughs> it's, it's fucking with me real hard. <laughs> and join the conversation at facebook.com slash drafttheuniverse. Uh, let us know uh, how it's going. And choose a line at uh, twitter.com slash drafttheverse where I'm the one interacting with people. So tweet at me. Bye, Internet. See you next week. No, Roll for initiative. No, hold on, hold on. This this can't be it. It doesn't feel right. I, I, I rolled a two. We have to do it in the right order. My brain hurts. Nope, we're done. Done. It was great how we paused right there to talk about how we were going along, right? Fuck you, Chris. I was trying to make it, I was trying to make it easy for Ben to edit, but fuck that. <laughs> but it, I knew it would be funny, so we could put it in the button. <laughs> the button is just going to be me going. Fuck you, Chris. Forbidden Ford, board games. <laughs> forbidden board game. Ooh. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. I'm in danger of, of, of uh, falling apart right now. <laughs> <laughs>